listener. KickPod acknowledges the traditional owners and custodians of the land in which we're recording this podcast, the Yulukut Wulung clan of the Boomerang, who are a part of the Kulin Nation. We pay our respects to our elders, past and present, and extend our respect to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples today. Welcome to the KickPod, your DM on the stuff that matters, but also the stuff that doesn't. One, two, three, four. Happy Wednesday, everyone, or whenever you're listening Mm. to this. Today is a very interesting episode Mm. with Mitch Larson, Mm. who is an author and up until recently was an escort. Mm. And what we talked to Mitch about today and what he shares, which is just, it was so incredible Mm. and, and so interesting to hear, was Mitch was someone who lived a regular life in his 40s. He was a lawyer. He was married and he was actually looking after his son as a stay-at-home parent Mm. and he had a career change to becoming an escort. Quite the change and it was really interesting because Mitch shared a a lot of this kind of journey of of starting it and also talking to his ex-partner about it when when he wanted to get into it and then also um, even talking to his friends and family and opening up to them about what he was doing for a living and kind of navigating that. He talks through that, but he the thing that I loved the most in this episode was when he spoke to stories of some of the clients that he's truly impacted um, in such beautiful ways. It was just, it was just incredible. And I'm, I'll, I'll save most of the detail for the actual episode because it's just really beautiful watching him reflect on some of those times. But um, his new book is called Time for Her, and it exposes all of the hidden truths about the male escort role, um, where there's a lot of real humanity that is often overlooked. And I think even meeting Mitch today, we got to experience that for ourselves, like such a soft and genuine person um, and the way that he kind of reflected on his time with these clients, you can tell that he really put his heart and soul into what he did. So we hope you enjoy it as much as we did learning more about a male escort as a career. Mitch, welcome to the KickPod. We're so excited to have you. Thank you so much for having me on. We wanted to start by or by you introducing yourself. What, what do you do? Okay. Well, at the moment, I'm an author. Okay. So I have actually left the sex industry um, due to meeting someone and a bit of burnout and um, basically just working on the book, just getting that out in front of as many readers as I can, really. Congratulations. Thank so you. It's so exciting. Mm. And we're so excited for you to come on today and, and to hear your story because it is so interesting. And then the work you do is also extremely important. So we'll get to that. But before you started your work as an escort, you mm-hmm. were married, yep. father, yep. and a lawyer. Yes. You were in your 40s, mm-hmm. is that right? That's correct, yeah. And then you made a decision to change your life, really, change what you were doing. Yeah. Yep. How did you, can you take us back to when did you start thinking about that decision? How did you make it? Well, I was working as a lawyer in regional New South Wales and not loving it, to be honest. Um, it's a sort of bit of a cutthroat industry. The The firm I was with wasn't the greatest. Uh, and my wife at the time, so my, my lovely ex, she was a doctor uh, so we decided that I, we felt pregnant, which was a big thing, obviously. So, um, we decided that I should stay at home, look after him, uh, which I did for, for three years. And from that time I dabbled in a bit of photography. So I started up a business doing that. And, um, the, the decision to become an escort came from, uh, a seed that was planted in the back of my mind by a person that I am sorry to say, I, 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 
I cheated with, but mm. via text. So mm. not physically, but it was something that I'd really, I'd done something really wrong to my wife. Mm-hmm. So that's sort of, we decided, you know, we, we'd open the marriage to see how that would work. Um, and that sort of unleashed this sexuality in me. Mm. Um, but the actual decision to become an escort came from that person saying she thought I had quite a sexual sort of nature to me and had I ever done it before. Uh, so I sort of, sort of thought about that for maybe a week after she said it and then it just popped into my mind overnight, literally. Mm. I, I don't know why. I'd never seen any sort of shows about it. I'd never never gone onto any sort of websites to sort of check out what else, what other guys were doing out there. But I just thought it would suit me based on my psychology background. Um, I just made the decision overnight and then then asked my wife if it was a really bad option to go go for. And um, she said, no, that's that actually doesn't sound that bad because she just thought it would be a sort of side hustle. Um, and then within sort of a week, I was getting calls and texts. It was um, It was crazy. Wow. And were you, so you, you'd open up your marriage. Yeah. And then when you spoke to your, your wife about becoming an escort, were you still married at that time? We were, yeah. Yeah. yeah we, we were, it was actually a really beautiful time in our marriage um, because it had been sort of the usual hard slog of having, yeah. you know, the, the child, my son. <laughs> um, and things had sort of died down as they do after nine years of marriage, sexuality wise. Mm. So, there was always that sort of mismatch with our sexual desires, I think. You know, she was busy doing work. She had – and it's a common refrain for, mm-hmm. for a lot of families, I think, a lot of young Yeah, which, I mean, we talk families. about it a lot on the mm, podcast absolutely. when you have different, like, sex drives than your partner yeah, and how you exactly. deal with that and how you work through it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I didn't want to physically cheat, but being caught text cheating prompted the conversation and then, um, yeah, mm. so – she just agreed to it, but we were still married at the time, mm. and that's when the whole thing kicked off. And she was so supportive when I did start doing it. You know, she helped take my photos, um, write my bio, and yeah, as as in one of the chapters, my first client. You know, I, I set off into the night as Mitch the escort. <laughs> How long was it until you started speaking about it with like other friends or even family, like outside of your wife? Oh, that was a long time. That was yeah. a, a long and really hard time. Yeah, um, and and this that time has literally been going until the book was released. You know, mm-hmm. now the, the weight is finally off. Mm-hmm. Everyone knows. It's it's hard for a lot of people, but to begin with, it was about eight months before I told my family um, because things were getting a little bit obvious because I was getting flown overseas for things and and I couldn't keep saying it was for photography jobs because it's just, you know, it's not realistic. And I think they thought I was a dealer or something like that. <laughs> I'm not sure what they thought I was doing. <laughs> And yeah, so it was probably about eight months before I told them. And um, I tried a couple of times to sort of get the conversation in that area. But finally, one day I just sat them down and told them. So yeah, it was not easy. (laughs) What did they say? They were really quiet, actually. Um, It was actually led really well by my mum. I said, I need to tell you about what I'm doing for a living. Um, And she said, oh, what are you doing walking the streets? And it's like, well, not far from it. I'm actually an escort. (laughs) So... I sat down and spoke to them. We, we had a good chat. They were shell-shocked at the time, without a doubt. Mm. But I'd, I made them have a look at my, my testimonials and what people had said about mm. me just to give them an idea of the sort of therapeutic nature of the business. Um, so, yeah, it, it, it softened the blow a bit, but mum had always been and has always been, you know, not particularly approving, but she understands why I do it or why I did it. Mm. And for anyone that maybe doesn't know a lot about being an escort and what it entails. Yeah, what does the job entail? 
Well, it, it's not far from sort of a date, really, mm. like a normal date. You're approached by the client. Um, I used to make it a condition that I would speak to them over the phone just beforehand just to make sure that I could trust them and they could trust me. Mm-hmm. And we, both, we were both sort of on the same page about what we what we wanted to achieve from the booking. So I would speak to them on the phone. We'd set up a date uh, and usually it was we'd meet in a bar or something nearby and just get to know each other, um, get to talk like a good Tinder date, you know. Mm. Um, when the time felt right and when the client felt comfortable and when I felt comfortable, mm. I would just say, you know, would you like to head upstairs now? Uh, and then, you, then we'd, we'd go upstairs and take it from there. Mm. And is that all usually pre booked in? Do, do people kind of book in on the website and say, like, you know, they want to go on a date and then, you know, they want to also explore whatever they want to? Yeah. Um, is that something that's pre-decided? Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. so it's not decided at the time. Um, sometimes they leave it to me on the night. Mm-hmm. Um, usually most people have no idea how to do it or yeah. what, what to expect. And that, yeah. and that was always one of the first sentences that I would get in any text message. It was like, I don't, I have no idea what I'm doing. Mm. Um, it just this just feels right. Can you guide me? So I would say, perfectly fine. Let's have a chat. And then over the phone, I would discuss what we could do, some ideas, um, how much they, how long they wanted to see me for, mm. um, and we just sort of take it from there. I, I also got a good sense of why they were seeing me as well mm. on the phone calls. So if it was purely like a physical sort of interaction, you know that that would mean the booking would take a certain direction. If mm. it was something, if it was someone that was going through a really hard time or something had happened, I knew that there would be a lot of talking needed. Um, but there usually is a lot of talking needed. But I knew that it would be a, a, a more therapeutic sort of yeah. session where there would, yeah, some big emotions would be stirred up. So. Yeah, hundred percent. And I, I would love you if you, if you feel comfortable to talk to. Maybe a couple of those stories of, of, you know, women that you've truly impacted, some of those testimonials even that you shared with your family that kind of made them understand really how impactful what you were doing is mm. on people. Do you have any that come to mind that are special to you? Oh, they're all special to me, to be honest. There is, I remember every one of them, but um, one in particular I'd like to describe would be a client of mine in North. (laughs) (laughs) Yep, north. Somewhere north. Um, (laughs) She was a really hardworking cleaner. She worked for a living, you know, sort of five in the morning till four Mm. o'clock at night, flat out sort of thing. Um, She had an older son who was, I think he was in his early 20s, but he had very severe autism. Mm. So he's like the sort of the the mind of a child sort of thing. Um, And she really didn't know why she was coming to see me but she just knew that she couldn't she couldn't have the time to date but mm. she just wanted a okay. man's touch like mm. just wanted to be held a lot and and I find that's quite a similar sort of situation with a lot of women they just they just they just want to be hugged and to feel safe mm. so that particular lady she she booked me many times and every time we just worked on getting her confidence up again making her feel comfortable and remembering who she once was, you know, that she she just needed a bit of a break from the hard work that she'd been, been doing with her son. Uh, yeah, so that was one. God, I just, yeah, and I can imagine even building that confidence back up. I mean, that could come from from loneliness, from years of avoiding it or just missing it, like not having anyone. Yeah. Um, have you helped women that have gone through trauma as well? Yeah, yeah. I've, I'd like to think I helped. I mean, yeah. I, I, I played a part. I, I never pretend that I've... I've fixed things or I solved things. Mm. I'm just, I'm just there to support and listen. Uh, one one particular client had been had been assaulted several times. Um, a, 
one particular, many, many clients have been assaulted, many by, by, yeah. by family and things like that. Uh, and they told me things that they've never told anyone else before. And it's just, I, I think it's, when it comes to trauma, it's a matter of them just overcoming that shock. You know, they, they, I don't think you can go from, from domestic violence or sexual assault and go straight into the dating world. No, a yeah. lot of people find that incredibly intimidating. Mm, yeah. So all they want is to just remember that they can do it and just get that confidence up with somebody that they can trust. So that, that's, how the, that's how I think they um, sort of arrive at the decision to book an escort. How does it work, as you say that, because obviously making someone feel safe is, is so important. How does it work with safety for someone? Because I think... And even for you too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like yeah. in terms of... Because I think a lot of... There's there's more women, I, I think, that oh, that I've seen that speak about it than, mm. than men. Yeah. And for women, I've always thought about... It was There was a scene in a movie where there was... I can't remember what the movie was, but there was a sex worker and her um, friend had, had been killed because... There was a man that booked her and mm. um, obviously just genetically women are not as strong as, as men are. So obviously yeah. safety is a really big thing. And in Absolutely. your instance, I think it would be kind of for your safety, but then also for someone booking. Because I think for me, if I when you think about it, if you're going to go on a website and book an escort, you might think, will I be safe? Yeah, both absolutely. Both ways. So how does, yeah. how does that work? Um, for, for female sex workers, they tend to have, much str- more stringent mm. uh, screening methods. You know, mm. they'll they'll often ask for ID. You know, they'll need references from mm. maybe another sex worker just to feel safe enough. Mm. And that's entirely appropriate because yeah, there's been some absolutely atrocious crimes out there mm. against sex workers, as we all know. For my clients, um, I think the pre the pre booking phone call um, really helps alleviate their their nerves mm. a lot. Just hearing my voice even just helps them, helps them because then it gives me a human touch as opposed to just a guy on a, on a website. There are guys out there that don't have the right um, motivations. I'm, I'm, I have no doubt about that. Mm. And I've heard of a few stories of, of guys, you know, not really reading, you know, body signals correctly, mm. maybe pro- progressing a bit too fast or or saying things to the client that really resonates or hurts them, things like that. Mm. Um, but as far as safety for them is concerned, it is it is still unfortunately kind of hit and miss. Mm. Um, and that's that's something I actually you know would really love to see change in the industry. To be yeah. honest, I know people think that a lot of sex workers think that it's overly regulated, and and now it's decriminalised in Victoria and New South Wales, which is magnificent. But it it is such a important but emotionally impacting mm. um, profession, I feel it needs some sort of sort of accreditation or something like that. You know, there needs to be something specific. There needs to be more references, you know, mm. or more, more. I'm not sure, more checking, like criminal checks or mm. something like that. But it's still, because it's still so, so stigmatised, no, I don't see any government or any TAFE, of course, you know, being anywhere in the near future or mm. being supported, you know, so... Unfortunately, it is kind of still hit and miss a bit. But yeah. It's just, yeah, it's a tricky situation. With your clients that you've had, do you have or have you had any that um, you never actually had any sexual 
What, just like a purely yeah, physical? Like no, no physical yeah, no physical, just like company? Yeah, yeah, several times. Yeah, yeah definitely. Um, dinner dates. Um, I was taken to the preliminary final once mm-hmm. and to, mm-hmm. to see Richmond. That was fantastic. <laughs> That's <incredible>. um, <laughs> Yeah, often I've been sort of like a, a revenge date sort of yeah, thing. Yeah, okay. Like the, the ex would be there. Yeah, and, okay. You know, oh, I my God, that's of, fantastic. That would yeah, be fun. <laughs> yeah, it, it was actually because yeah. I got on. I actually got on really well with the ex at the time. <laughs> In those situations, what do you say? Do you agree on your character of what you are when you yes. go into those oh situations? Oh, my God, yeah, yeah, we do. It's like we we get our story straight before we go in. It's like, how did we meet? Yeah. Or we met at the gym or we met online or something like that. And 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 you just sort of fit into the situation. You just sort of just, you're just a chameleon. It's like, you know, you yeah. just pick up on life, life stories, you know, things that I know. It's like, oh, you know, I know that sort of person. Da, 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 da. Yeah. And you just sort of slot yourself in there. <laughs> and have you ever had a client that, have you ever had someone book you or had any kind of awkward connection with someone? As in, like, as in, they know someone that you know and you've realized later on, or, oh. it, or, or like you've you've seen someone and then I don't know. I'm always imagining that's so like, true. You know, yes. you might have you might have helped someone and then like I don't know, six months later they're your friend's friend and oh. you're out for dinner with them and you're like, <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I've been pretty good to avoid that. It's come close though because yeah. there's been there's they have had friends of. Uh, maybe friends of friends yeah. of friends, you yeah. know, of the same circle at high school yeah. or something like that. People around my age, maybe a little bit older, that sort yeah. of thing. So, yeah, quite a few times it was like, oh, you know, I'd have to refrain from saying, you know, of course, you yeah, know, of course, so and so, you know. <laughs> yeah, I went course. to Melbourne High, you know, it's like it was a big school and a lot of people would be like, oh, did you know so-and-so? And so I sort of keep that a little yeah, bit quiet. Yeah, fair <laughs> so, enough. Yeah. <laughs> what about those, especially I feel like maybe those, that come back and, and book you again and again. Have you had to navigate someone like falling for you? Yes. Yeah. Definitely. And the other way around yeah. too, have you ever, how do you yeah. stop yourself from having feelings for a client? Um, it's really difficult and I didn't do it very well. I got to admit my, my boundaries were blurred. I blurred, deliberately blurred my boundaries a lot because mm-hmm. I, I gave everything for the job. You know, you need to be sincere in it yeah. for it to work. Then people did book me many times. How to manage it? I think I just I always wanted to be there for them, so mm-hmm. I, I I never wanted to cut them off at all. But I, I guess I, I suppose I deliberately took a bit longer to reply to text messages they'd send me saying how they're going, maybe. Um, and in a couple of occasions, I suggested maybe we see each other a bit less. You know, once it was, you know, they saw me once, and if there was plenty of money, they'd, they'd be saying, oh, "I want, you, can you fly up now? Can you know, can mm-hmm. I see you in two weeks? Can we set some dates for the next?" three months sort of thing, mm. just so they had that regular interaction. And sometimes I'd have to say, look, I, I think it's probably healthier if we see each other a little bit less. Mm. And they're difficult conversations to have. Yeah. Uh, but I found that most women are very insightful in that, into that and they know, they know what their, feel, their feelings are, are, are valid and true but not realistic. Mm. Um, like it's just that they haven't had that company for so long that yeah. they're getting someone who – you know, is is giving them that time and that affection. Yeah. I feel like it would be so hard not to yeah, yeah, develop feelings if it was regular. Yeah, and, and the money is a good barrier as well. Yeah. Um, the fact that, it, you know, you're exchanging exchanging money. So that that that's always a sort of invisible barrier that we both, we both saw. But I've had a lot of feelings for a lot of people and they did as well for me, um, which I describe in the book, quite a few of them. Mm. How does the money exchange work? Is it done via the website? No, it's usually just cash, cash up front. Um, okay. Sometimes um, just EFT transfer, um, but I just find 
and the clients actually find it easy just to give cash as well if they sort of squirrel away a little bit, um, particularly if they're involved with somebody else. Um, mm. they'll, just, they'll just hand me an envelope at the start of the night. In fact, it got to the point where I often forgot to ask for the envelope, to be honest. <laughs> I, it was just such a sincere, <laughs> yeah, it was. It was such a sincere date. I'd be like, oh, by the way, oh, do you maybe have something for me? <laughs> you know, it's, you'd have to put that subtly and yeah. And I suppose too with that, it, it does, it, with the money it, it, transaction, that then brings it back to the fact that this not that it's not real, but it's a booking and yeah. it's not it's it's not because you're in love or et cetera and helps with that boundary. Yeah, yeah, it did. And and there was always a time limit as well. And, you know, I'd never stick to a time limit. You're not going to say, right, Time's you know, up. the alarm's off, yep, I'm tapping out now mm-hmm. sort of thing. It doesn't work like that. But there was always, you know, I, I was always conscious of what the time was as they were. Mm. Um, and, you know, I'd let it run over time almost every time just to, just to keep that sincerity. But then it was always like, well, I'd, Better head mm. off now, you know. So that it was limited. How long are the bookings? Um, my my shortest booking was two hours. I know I had bookings for two weeks, you know. So yeah, long trips two away. Weeks. Is that is that oh, like going away with them? Yeah, 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 yeah. That sort of thing. Yeah, no, you know, um, and national sort of a, a weekly trip, you know, west or north or something like that. Yeah. Mm. So it was quite often. And on those, if you've got a two week booking, in that two weeks, are you? How, how do you work through that? Because obviously that person has booked you for two weeks. Mm-hmm. So how do you work through the schedule? Is there like a schedule of we have to be together for this time every day? Do they set that? Do, do you sleep together, oh. like in the same bed every night? Like how does it? Um, sometimes, yeah. yeah. It's um, it's exactly as it was. Well, it's, it's impossible to imagine what it would be like, I guess. <laughs> but, um, it, it just flowed naturally usually. We'd, we'd sort of, the, the client might often have things she wanted to do like, you know, tours she wanted to do, things like that. Um, but, yeah, we just acted like a couple during that time. Mm, you know, we yeah, needed okay. time apart, definitely. Um, and and if thing, if we were getting a little bit too close or things were getting a bit strange, you know, I'd be like, I'd be like I'm just going to head off for a walk now and, mm-hmm. you know, just get a little bit of time apart and then you just sort of keep up the, not the facade, but just, just stay a gentleman and, and, you know, save any frustrations for, for venting when you get home to somebody else, mm. <laughs> really. Yeah, hundred percent. True, because yeah. it's not a marriage. No, it is. It is a- <laughs> no, you're not. You're not allowed to. Yeah, yes. you can't. Yeah, you can't. You know, someone's really pissing you off. You can't really say that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you need your time away. So, yeah. That's so interesting. Yeah, it's all. It's all very interesting. I think. Um, how old is your son now? He's eight. Uh, almost nine. Okay. Yeah. And have you had to navigate a chat with him yet, or will you, or how's that? Because I'm sure, obviously, you, you and your ex partner mm. would have spoken about this. Yeah, um, he once said that what he thought I did was just make people feel good, Aww. and that was adorable because that, that's <laughs> the essence of what I did, <laughs> just in his, his yeah. little heart, his little yeah. mind. Uh, as the books come out, mm-hmm. he's an avid little writer as well, and you know he knows that Daddy's an author, um, and I he knows that Daddy's job isn't approved by a lot of people, mm-hmm. so there's going to be different reactions. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've said if anyone says anything at school about it, I want you to tell me so I can talk to people about yep. it. Um, but that, you know, what Daddy's work is is therapy or was was therapy. It involved ladies yep. and it involved sex mm-hmm. um, because we've had a little chat to him about what sex is. Yep. He doesn't like it, doesn't like talking about it. That's mm-hmm. for sure. No, He's all yeah. embarrassed. Yeah. But he gets the gist that it's an adult book about my life yep. Um, yep. and that it revolves around um, adult relationships between me and women. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it, it's, I, I believe it's age appropriate what I've told him so far. Yeah. Um, but I do want, 
I do want to make an impact on him early about, you know, respect for women mm. and consent and things like that. So this is the perfect sort of springboard to bring up those sort of conversations. Mm. And and you mentioned at the start of, of the episode that you're now in a relationship and mm-hmm. you've stopped because also you obviously have written the book and you have a lot of press and things that you're doing. Yeah. Um, and you've stopped the work now. Yes. Did you, do you think it's possible to be, or for, for you, I know that I'm sure this would be different for everyone, but be in a relationship and also do the work as well? Or it'd be re- really tough. Really tough. Yeah. Yeah. Um, possible. I, 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 I personally don't think it is. Um, it has happened and there are people out there mm. that I know that have successful relationships, mm. but it's usually they're both involved in the industry somehow. Right. Um, that's the, I, I'm pretty sure, I, I don't want to be pessimistic, but I think that's kind of the only way it would work mm. because f- for me anyway, if, if mm. I'm, if I'm committed to someone, I give them my heart, you know, mm. and if I, if I have to do that with other women, it, it just starts to conflict in my mind. I can't, I, I don't, I don't feel like I'm doing any of them a service um, and I'm, I'm doing harm and I, and I don't want to do harm. Mm. So obviously I don't want to do harm. So I, I tried to negotiate it for a while, but ultimately, no, you, if you want to, if you really want to settle down, I think you do need to leave the industry or, you know, mm-hmm. full service sex work anyway. How many weeks or months or how much time passed in your relationship that you're in now before you decided to step away from the work? Would have been eight or nine months, I think. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it had been a while. And yeah. when you first met, was she well aware of what you were doing? Yeah, she was. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, she mm-hmm. was. She was very good about it. She was wonderful. Mm-hmm. Um, very supportive. Knew what it was all about. You know, I'd explained to her and, you know, I'd, I'd, she'd read the testimonials and, Within you know within limits, I told her how bookings went, and she was you know very very encouraging. Like you, you can do this because towards the end, I was getting really nervous and quite anxious about each booking. And she was like, "No, you can do this." Was You're that okay. because of your relationship? No, it's, it wasn't because of the relationship. I think um, that I started putting too much pressure on myself for mm. every booking to be perfect. I think, mm. and when you're a man. You have to get it up for you know people. Mm. People want to. Have oh, it's sex true. With you. It's very different. It's, yeah. it's to women because you, you. That's true. You can fake it. You, well, <laughs> well, can, yeah. yeah, and and my, and my colleagues admitted that yeah. too. You know, it's no secret. You can just you, yeah. you lube up and then you I'm can sure. do the job. Uh, it's a fallacy that you can just take a blue pill and you'll get a heart on that. Just doesn't work. <laughs> so if it did, God, my job would have been easier you know, <laughs> yeah. to, for, for Viagra or sales mm. to work. You actually have to have an attraction to get mm. the blood flow going to yeah. get an erection. Yeah, and I was just. Just towards the end, it, it 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 was more about getting the job done for me than it was about yeah okay really helping, which mm. was what the driver was for most of my career. Maybe that was though because you were falling for her, and it was like yeah your body and your mind. I don't mm. know, starting to not be as attracted to anyone else. I don't well, know. It's, it's not about attraction. <laughs> I think I'd say my mind. Yeah, 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 yeah. definitely. It, it did start to conflict in my mind for mm. sure. And did you ever have a booking where you just couldn't? And oh, how did yeah, you know? Yep. How did, what, what do you do? Well, I've had a couple of bookings where I immediately knew that we weren't going to hit it off. Mm-hmm. Um, and as hard as that was, I, I would have to say, look, I, don't, I, just, I just don't think I can do it tonight. I'm really sorry. And I would give them the money back because yeah, okay. I don't want to waste their money yeah, okay. and, and anyone's time. And, and that hurt because some people often waited a long time to see me. But I just have to be honest. And I think that's, mm, yeah. what, that's, that's all I could do was be honest. And if I was having trouble, if it wasn't working and I could see it, definitely wasn't going to work, you know, midway through the date, 
I would just, you know, give the remainder of the money back and, and mm. just be as tactful and, and honest and compassionate as I could be and just say, you know, maybe we should um, just wrap it up. Mm. And, 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 and the women sensed that as well. Yeah. It didn't come as a shock. Yeah. Um, so I think they appreciated it and the pressure was off them as, as much as, as it was me. Did you ever have anyone, I suppose, did you have a negative experience with someone where they, I don't know, disrespected you in some way or you you had to pull the pin because of something like that? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, there was, I've, I've had a few dates like that. Mm. Yeah, there's been, I documented a couple of them in the book, but yeah. people who have turned particularly nasty or... Yeah, okay. Or have made me uncomfortable with racist comments okay. or, or or hateful things or or just just dark hearts. Yeah. Um. Yeah. That that's happened a few times. Um. I've been, you know, my my penis has been almost snapped in half. Jesus. I've been bitten. I've been, you know, all sorts of things. Wow. Sorry, I shouldn't yeah. laugh. That's no, no, it's, it's not <laughs> it's fun. <the> no. <laughs> it cost yeah, well. me. It cost me a later booking as well because I was just like, no, I just cannot do this. Sorry, I, <laughs> I almost need an ice pack. So. Yeah, 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 right. Um, but yeah, things like that have happened. But I'm just fortunate. I mean, being male, it's mm. it's that the worst is is you know compared to the girls, yeah. it's just it's it's yeah. negligible really is. Yeah. Oh, well, thank you. I mean, I feel like you've touched on quite a lot as in you've mentioned today what we can expect in the book and thank you so much. I'm really looking forward to hearing more, but is there anything else you want to touch on as in mention that people can expect from reading your book? Uh, well, I'm hoping that it, I just want the book to be empowering really. I mean, it sounds kind of cheesy, but I really do want to make a bit of a difference with that. Um, and also possibly springboard that to, to, teaching young men consent and teaching older men affirmative consent, which is now law. You know, we need to keep checking in. Mm -hmm. We need to keep saying, is this okay? Is it all right if Mm -hmm. I do this? That sort of thing. So that's that's what I want to achieve for the book, you know, for for the wider community, really. Well, thank you. Thank you. I'm looking forward to reading it. I'm so glad, yeah. I'm glad I gave you guys a copy. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you would like to get involved in the KickPod, <laughs> you can. We have got a KickPod Instagram where you can send us a DM about your thoughts on the podcast, some questions, some stories that happened to you. <laughs> Honestly, whatever you want to send in, we would love to see and read it and hear it and chat to you. And that is at KickPod on Insta. We would also appreciate your following if you would like to support the podcast. Come and follow that account. (laughs) That is where we'll be sharing a lot of this kind of content. So we hope you guys enjoy that. If you want to learn more about Kick, the Kick app, we have a website, kickapp.com, or you can head to the Apple App Store or Google Play Store and download our app. We have a seven-day free trial if you'd like to check out the app. And we're also on Instagram at laura.henshaw and at Smith. And you can find us over on TikTok as well at Kick. But we'll be back in your ears very soon. Bye.